Suddenly, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house, and there appeared to be divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Verse 6, the multitude were confused. They were all amazed and marveled and perplexed. Skip down to verse 13. Others mocking said they're full. Verse 14. Peter said, These are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Father, thank you for your word. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk and preach to you uh, a message that I think I've preached something like this before, definitely. Uh, but I just felt the pastoral need to, to bring you this word on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and what that, what that means. There's, on the day of Pentecost, 120 believers, intercessors, praying people, gathered in an upper room, and they saw an outpouring of the Spirit of God, and things happened. And when things happened, there was those who pointed and ridiculed them. There were those who were angry, those who were upset, those who were confused, those who didn't understand. Basically the same thing that happens in a Pentecostal church. We see the same responses today that we see in Acts chapter 2. And I, I, I want to talk about that because what, I, what I've begun to see uh, as a pastor in our church at times, in other places, of course, conferences, I'll tell you what you generally get. You generally get a mixture of the genuine move of the Spirit of God and a manifestation of the flesh. Because not everything, not every herk and jerk or every hoe or every laugh or every tear is from the Spirit of God. And I want to sort of um, clean up some stuff to help us. The manifestation of the Spirit in Scripture. You see throughout Scripture manifestations of the Spirit of God. And really the only one that you see in the New Testament that's unique to Scripture is that of tongues. You don't see that in the Old Testament. It's prophesied, stammering lips, Isaiah. It's really the only unique sign that happens in the New Testament that didn't happen in the Old. But let's talk about some of the things that, that took place. Being slain in the Spirit. Anybody ever seen or experienced that? You've been, the, the, all of a sudden you're on the floor. Falling out in the Spirit, falling under the influence of the Spirit, um, resting in the Spirit, being overcome by the Spirit, feelings perhaps of lightness, or maybe you just sort of disappear or feel like you don't really know what exactly what's happened. You found yourself on the floor. Basically, Christians from every tradition and every walk throughout history have fallen out. We say it that way. I, I say it that way. Man, I just... I fell out. 
Ivan Tate was here. He was prophesying over us. And I didn't really fall out. I lost my balance. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I got overwhelmed. And uh, I sort of uh, got overwhelmed and, and yielded. And kind of when I sort of came to my what was happening, I sort of, you can pull yourself out of encounters. You know that. But I found myself three quarters of the way down and landed in my chair, thanking God I didn't crush my MacBook Pro. In the Bible, there's many, many, many examples of people falling under the power of the Spirit, being slain in the Spirit, falling out. Many examples. Some fell under the conviction of sin. Others, an experience of the inner inner work of healing and the power of the Spirit of God. Many examples. Here's some. In the book of Revelation 1, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, John fell down in the presence of Jesus because of the glory of God. As did the disciples in Matthew 17, 6. The soldiers who arrested Jesus fell to the ground in John 18, 6. Saul fell to the ground on the road to Damascus. That's right before he became Paul. His name is Saul, but he got hit so hard by the power of God, knocked the S off and put a P on. Power. Paul. Ezekiel fell down before the glory of the Lord in Ezekiel 1.28 and Ezekiel 3.23, 43.4, 44, verse 4. Daniel fell, had no strength, he even passed out, went into a deep sleep. Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 10 as well. I think probably my favorite, though, is Psalm 23. He makes me lie down. In green pastures. <laughs> that's, that's really a joke, actually. There's been large numbers of people that have been incapacitated by the Spirit of God. If you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. God's power and God's glory was so big and so strong that they could not stand. Say, does that happen today in church? It does. It does happen. I'd like it to happen more. So how do we make that happen? Well, you certainly don't go after the cloud per se. You go after Jesus. And sometimes the cloud comes. People can fall under it. I've seen people bend over and forwards and, and backwards and, and then fall out. I've actually seen it. Anybody, some of you know what I'm talking about. Seen uh, mist in meetings. Did you ever go swimming in a pool for a really long time and you come out and everything's got a haze? Looks like that. I've seen a cloud roll on one side of the building and, and, and begin to overcome people moving across seen some amazing manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There's being drunk in the Spirit. Now, I wouldn't know what being drunk is like. I wasn't always saved. I, I, I've had that experience a couple, at least a few times, maybe more. But that being drunk in the Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, verse 15, it, it, they appeared as though they were been intoxicated by alcohol, is what it's talking about. In other words, they were respo- res- responding in such a way that they were drunk. That's what it looked like. But they weren't drunk. 
by alcohol. They were intoxicated by the Spirit, also called drunk in the Spirit. And Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose in verse 15 of, of Acts 2, since it is only the third hour of the day. Second, Second Corinthians verse five, chapter 5, verse 13, if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. <laughs> being beside yourself is being out of your mind. Laughter. Laughter is throughout Scripture. The joy of the Lord is your strength, it says in the book of Nehemiah. It's not dependent on personality type. But there can come, there can come spontaneous releases of laughter. Rodney Howard Brown uh, was used, although I don't think he was too excited about it at first, brought him a lot of persecution. But, I mean, every meeting he had, it seemed that people would just begin to laugh and even roar. And it made people upset. People got really, really irritated by the fact that the whole church was laughing. Of course, they've been so depressed and so dry for years. Good God. Baptized in lemon juice and all kinds of issues. Never had any joy. Never smiled. Never had any, never had any joy at all. Church services in many places were like mortuaries. Dead. Twice dead. The kingdom is joy in the Spirit, Romans 14, 17. Galatians 5, 22, one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. Joy, a deep state of contentment, yet not limited to that. It's, it, can, it can be a physical expression on an emotion of joy. I have joy most of the time. Mostly, I have joy. I, I'm happy. Uh, about what? Well, I was bound and broken, and now I'm found and healed. Thank you, Jesus. I, I can't help myself. I was blind, but now I see. I have some. I have to be careful because I want to finish the finish the service. But what messes? I, I can't help myself. I, I I do service. I do messages like this, and I always get to this point. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to get through this right here. I begin to think about, I mean, no matter what I'm going through, I go, I go through really difficult, difficult time now in my life. I'm talking really, really difficult. It presses me to the point where I don't know what I'm going to do. I begin to, and that's not often, I honestly can't remember the time where I needed to access this particular gear I have. I have a gear. It's instantaneous revival for me, personally. And what I do beginning to sort of get messed up when I talk about it, is I begin to think about what God has done for me. I begin to think about how years ago on Wilshire Boulevard, I was leaned over a mud puddle with my tears dripping into the mud puddle as I asked God to deliver me and took a long drink from the mud puddle and satisfied my thirst as I'd been in the street for days on end and had no way out, no money no food. The reflection of the puddle of my face terrified me. I thought I was seeing somebody else. And I said, oh God, if you can deliver me, deliver me. And I think about that and I just go, <laughs> yeah, thank you, God. And I could take a lap all by myself right now. It's, a, it's, a, it's an internal thing for me. I immediately start to get happy because this ain't nothing, whatever that would be. Whatever difficulty I'm going through, 
I'm not drinking out of a mud puddle and never will again. Unless, of course, I get really thirsty and that's what I have to do. But it's not going to be out of destitution and separation from God. That I'll tell you. Laughter. The manifestation of the Spirit. So when you find people laughing in church, (laughs) it's really not that big a deal. Can people be laughing in the Spirit? Absolutely. Can people be laughing in the flesh? Oh, yeah. There's people that are laughing now in the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is not causing them to have joy and laugh. It's something that's drummed up for them. What do you mean? If I met if I met you for the first time and we shook hands and I told you the most hilarious joke you've ever heard in your life, we just busted up and we laughed and we laughed to tears. Then the next time I saw you, you just started laughing because you remember the joke. Okay. Fifteen times later, I have a sad thing I want to impress upon your heart, but you're still laughing. The Spirit of God can bring forth joy, but there's times that that people have just got an instant gear that they start getting touched by God, so they just remember the joke, if you could just see it that way. So what what then is that? That would then be a manifestation, really, of their flesh. It can be. It can be. Everybody say it can be. That seems always that way. There's people when they got touched by God, they screamed, Ho! They're still screaming, Ho! But the Spirit of God has moved on to do something else. I'm going to go encourage myself. I'll be right back. Praise God, Pastor. I've been waiting for this message because somebody had to do something about the whole thing. Look, I'm, I'm all, I'll ho along with the next verse. fun. I enjoy hoeing. I enjoy woeing. Whoa! What I'm trying to say is not every, everything that you see in church is the Spirit of God. There are manifestations of the flesh. We say, well, Pastor, how do we know which one it is? There's ways of judging. We'll talk about that. And I, what, I, what I don't want to do tonight, I don't want to shut down the, the move of the Spirit of God. But what I do want to do is if you're constantly in the flesh manifesting like the Holy Spirit's touching you, you should stop. Come on, somebody say Amen. I'm not feeling the love. I'm going to move on to the next point. Trembling is something you'll see. Oh, let me give you a, a laughter scripture. Psalm 126, verse 2 and 3. Our mouth is filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. The Lord has done great things for us and we're glad. Trembling. You'll see the fear of God fell on people near Daniel as he received a vision in Daniel 10. I tremble at times when I go to pray for people. My, my right hand trembles. Sometimes trembling can come as a result of the Spirit of God coming upon you. All the time? Not necessarily all the time. Frequently. My hands frequently tremble before I pray for people. Is that something that you're doing? I don't think so. That's just a safe way to say it. I don't, I don't think so. Shaking. How many of you heard of the Quakers? Have you ever heard of the Quakers? That's where they got that. But here's the thing. The Quakers, I think genuinely, if you read the history of the Quakers, they started getting touched by the power of the Holy Spirit, and many of them would quake or shake. But then it turned into a, you know, it turned into a tradition. We want God to come, and we start shaking. 
That's what happened. In fact, that's what happens frequently with denominations. A, a move of God will come in a particular denomination. They'll make that into a doctrine and try to run with it for eons. Are you ever shaken? Yes. Trembled? Absolutely. These are just some of the things that happen. Speechless. Daniel was speechless because of his encounter with God. And I, I will say that if you have an encounter with God, many times you'll end up speechless. It's just like you don't know what to say. You're overwhelmed and your brain sort of goes, turns off and just overwhelmed by God. You can end up speechless. Weeping. Tears. You'll see throughout Scripture. These are just some examples. Trances. Peter. Paul fell into trances. Acts 10. Acts 22. Balaam. Remember Balaam the donkey guy? He fell into a trance. There are seeming, um, some call them portals. That's a new term. I think it's come out maybe the past seven or eight years. A portal, a, a pocket of power where some say, well, that's where there's an angel. There's been times in services where it seems if, if you headed over to a particular section, there would be a stronger release of the power of God. In fact, right where I'm standing, I've had a couple of pretty heavy encounters with God, and I would seemingly sort of move over, sort of out of it, still God, still powerful, but not quite overwhelming like it was over then. I would go back, and it would almost like you walk into a divine radiation zone. You'd be like, ooh. We say, well, that was an angel. I, I don't really know. Sometimes I see angels, sometimes I don't. I used to see de demons all the time. I thank God for a guy who laid hands on me and said, you need to change your channel, son. You need to change your channel. So he laid hands on me and said, I change his channel in Jesus' name. Now I see demons when I have to and see angels occasionally. Traveling in the Spirit. I'd like to try that. I, I don't think that's happened to me. Translation happened to Philip. You say, can that happen now? Yeah. Now, let me, let me tell you that don't ever seek the manifestation. Seek Jesus. Seek Him. Seek, seek the, first the kingdom of God. And manifestations will happen. But if you're constantly looking, you can open yourself up. Lord, I want to talk to an angel. Oh, I want to talk to an angel. You become like angel worshiper guy and you'll probably talk to the, the ugly one. But it looked like an angel, angel of light. Don't ever seek the manifestation. Seek Jesus. I don't want to be a church that, that just has manifestations. I want to be a church that has character and integrity, that walks in holiness and righteousness and truth, and, and has freedom, absolutely. Let me say this. Don't ever put your manifestation on anybody else. Mm, yeah. ah. What do you mean? If you start shaking, don't grab the person next to you and shake all over them. If you start yelling, if it's out of order, you will be stopped. Simple. If it's in order, we'll just allow it to flow. So you just better make sure it's not the flesh. So how do you know? Because if it bothers me as the guy who's leading the service, I stop it. So how do you know how do you know you're the one that's in order? 
Well, that's why we pray a lot. God made me the pastor. So when you pastor your own church, you can decide that for yourself. Amen. I, I happen to be the guy that's leading it. And because, oh, God makes headship. You know, that's, that's the thing about the Spirit of God, that if the guy who's in charge is not sensitive to the Spirit of God, you can shut it down. Some stuff needs to be shut down. Strange fire, right? Mostly, I think we need God to come more and we need to yield to Him. But if you're manifesting or doing some unusual thing in the Holy Ghost, don't put it on somebody else. If you start screaming... Look, I'll just tell you now. If you start screaming near my wife, she's going to make you be quiet because she's got really sensitive ears. And if she doesn't, I will. Because I know her ears are hurting. She'll be going like this. Fill in the blanks. If you allow the Spirit of God to come on you to disturb other people around you. Now, sometimes people need to be disturbed. There is a holy chaos that can happen. A holy, it's really God's order. It's not man's order. And it doesn't, there could be people running around the building, grown men in suits, you know, dancing ballet, the power of God coming down for sure. But it's a terrifying thing to be in a church that's trying to manifest in the flesh the gifts of the manifestations of the Spirit, but God's not there. And so oftentimes I think we get in a mode where, well, this is what I do when God touches me. And so we limit what He wants to do because this is what I do. We, we get into this thing. Translated, fire. Fire is a manifestation of the Spirit. People will mock. People will make fun. And, you know, I, I don't think that... But I, I'm, I, I hesitated on bringing this message because I, the last thing in the world I want to do is shut down the move of God. I'll tell you what I would like to shut down, though. I'd like to shut down the flesh. And I think sometimes people run around in the flesh and it ain't God. Well, they're trying to drum up the Spirit of God. How do you know which ones there are? Well, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment on somebody whether it's the flesh or not, unless, of course, it really bothers me, then I'm going to stop it. Right? God's big enough. Look, here's the way we are at KC. We believe that God's big enough to sort it out. And I certainly don't want to shut it down and miss the genuine. So maybe, maybe it's 50% habit that's taking place or 50% manifestation of the flesh and 50% the real thing. We so want the real thing that we'll just let God deal with whatever 50% flesh there might be so that we can get the genuine deal where God's really touching somebody's heart, really moving upon them and it's not something drummed up. Does that make sense? And I, I think sometimes... Gosh, I remember... I remember in revival meetings in 1995, I was with, uh, with Karen. And, and I, I, you know, people were getting so touched by God. And, and you're, you're, come and share your experience for a moment, would you please? Well, the fact that you weren't seemingly getting anything from the Lord. Come. Yeah, you can try it. I think we're having technical problems. Is it working? Ooh, hallelujah. 
So we were we were in we were we weren't we were married. We were not married. We were not married yet. 1996. Okay, thanks. I have that on the inside of my ring just in case I forget. That was in 1997. Right. But yeah. Anyway. Amen. <laughs> I know you know that already. Thank you. Love you, babe. <laughs> so so uh, just just tell how it was for you. Because I will tell you why. I want to demystify this. Some of you are like, man, I don't feel anything. And you got people hoeing and shucking and jiving and running and, and, and doing all the stuff. And you're thinking, man, well, I don't feel, is there something wrong with me? Do I not love God enough? What, 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 why don't I, why don't I hoe? How come I don't laugh? So go ahead. Uh, we were at a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. It was my first, well, my second experience. I must sit down underneath your The ministry. first time he came, I got saved, and I fell down and didn't know what in the world that was, and I got up right away and went, what in the world was that? Okay. But the second time he came through was about six months later, and there was, I'm sure there was flesh happening in there, but all around me, Everybody was on their faces, weeping, crying, laughing, rolling. And I was just sitting there going, I want that, but I don't know how to make that happen. I mean, I was trying real hard, but I had never experienced the slain in the spirit, falling down kind of thing before. So I didn't know what I was trying to make happen. I didn't know how that felt. So I just, I... The meetings are about four or five nights. And the second night I was just sitting there, by the third night, I was just sitting there. Everybody's still, same thing. I was mad. By the third night, I was mad. I was like, that is it. And I had a temper tantrum before God, like a little kid. Oh, you want uh, I want that. And I just freaked out, went back to my apartment. I had to be the designated driver, so to speak, because all the people I came with, not him, were rolling around on the floor and couldn't function, and I had to drive. <clears throat> Boring. Anyway, uh, so that night, the next night that I went back, and God's spirit came. I pretty much never was able to get off the floor after that for a long time, and it wasn't something. Um, it wasn't contrived. I mean, he really, really. It was like he. I. I mean, I had to be carried. I could not get up. I could not move. I cried, I laughed. It's like when he does that, it's a surgery. It's surgery. And when you get up off that floor, you're changed. And I was changed. And so that was my experience, just crying out, crying out, crying out to God. You see, don't if you've, if you've never encountered God in a supernatural way like that, and it doesn't have to be like what my, what my wife, Pastor Karen, had. It, it, it'll be your own thing. But listen, if you've never had that, don't you dismiss it because you've never experienced it. And so then you get over into unbelief and think that everybody else is a bunch of fruitcakes or nut jobs and think, well, they're just weird. I'm more rational. You allow for even a, even a, a service like this one to make you hungry. I will tell you what happened for three days. God was dealing with her attitude, dealing with who she was, dealing with her identity, dealing with rejection. Things like, if you loved me, you'd have touched me already, but I guess you're just like everybody else. Oh, yeah. And then finally, in brokenness, 
God, I just love you. You know, if you never touched me, I just love you. Thank you for saving me. Whoosh. She said more like a baseball bat. Thanks, sweetheart. The manifest say, yeah, amen. Manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit are throughout history. They're throughout Scripture. They're throughout history. Old Testament, New Testament, and in modern day Great Awakenings. What is the purpose of God coming upon us like that? Why would God do that unusual thing? Why would God make you laugh? A spirit of hilarity. Why would he make you laugh? Why, why would he make you... Why, why would, would weeping... What, what's with being stuck to the carpet? Floor time. Being glued to the carpet. What does that mean? That means literally you, you can either get down by yourself or you experience being slain or you fall out in the spirit and you cannot get up. What do you mean? You mean you try to get up but it's like thousands of pounds of, of God. The word glory is kabod. Kabod means weighty, means heavy. And, and there can come a weighty presence that comes upon you and pins you down in a great way. It's, it's not upsetting unless you want to get up. Weeping, shaking, drunkenness, inability to speak, fluttering of eyes, lips trembling, people hollering, groaning, heavy breathing, gold earrings and people, gold, e- gold fillings. I could use a few right now. They might pry them out and then go get some regular white ones or some cash them in, $1,500 an ounce. Jehovah Jireh. Where's my pliers? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Fill my teeth, Lord, so I can go pay some stuff. Some some bending over backwards, some bending over forwards. I've, we've, I've personally seen... In fact, I asked Rodney Howard Brown, who's a friend of ours, I asked him, what is the, the strangest manifestation you've ever seen? And what he shared was what actually, I was actually in the meeting uh, when it happened. We had a set of, sta- a set of stairs. You know the stairs at the cathedral? You know, they're big. They're, they're, I don't know, man. There's, there's seven or eight of them. Dude rolled up and down the stairs repeatedly. I sat there, I thought. And I was like, whoa! I mean, you couldn't do that if you wanted to. You couldn't, in the flesh. I, come on. How are you going to do that? I dare you. Go ahead. Try right now. We're talking seven or eight stairs. I mean, up, down. And he didn't stop. He did it for 10 or 15 minutes. You physically can't do that. Big guy, out of shape, rolling up and down the stairs. A, a guy that was in good shape could maybe pull off three or four. Not for 15 minutes. And so when I watched it, I thought, my God, that's supernatural. Jesus is like, ah! Well, I don't know about that. Look, that's because you've never encountered God that way. 
Don't you ever judge God based on your own experience. Don't reduce God to what you've experienced to say, well, that's the way God is. You read the Word, you see it in the Word, you believe for, for God to manifest His power in your life. Don't limit Him by your lack of experience in God and make a doctrine out of it. Well, there's no tongues, there's no miracles because I don't pray in tongues, so there is none. So you now God? Is that who you are now? No. no but old doctrine, there's old doctrines made of that. Well, they didn't see any miracles. There's no baptisms in the Spirit. And so they shut down and say, make a law out of it. There's no more tongues. The purpose of the manifestation of the Spirit is seen in the lives of the fruit of the manifestation of the Spirit. Why does God give us manifestations? I think they're to increase our intimacy with God, number one. To uh, increase our love to increase our peace to increase our joy to experience him in a way that maybe we've never experienced him before look he's bigger than the book do you understand he's bigger than just some words on a page i mean i know that god is in the beginning was the word and the word is with god and the word was god yes it's true but if if you just reduce him to a bunch of doctrine and the 14 fundamental truths and just say well that's what he is is he's just the 14 fundamental truths then you have absolutely missed it there's an encounter with heaven that God wants to bring you in that's far beyond anything your intellect could ever muster up. There are manifestations of the Spirit that are real. Seek Him, and they'll come for His purpose, to, to make you more like Him. He wants to enlarge your capacity. He wants to break off bondages. If you have a bondage, many times God will bring you into an encounter to break you free. Tenderize your emotions. Sensitize your heart. God sometimes uses the outpouring of the Spirit of God, our manifestation, to bring a sign so that others pay attention. I remember we went to Molokai. First service I'm preaching in Molokai. The, the pastor, Michael Zorro, was there. I'm preaching on a prophetic word I felt like the Lord gave me on how the seeds of revival are being planted and God's going to bring forth revival in that land. I'm preaching the message. My wife was there. I'm preaching. God is... I have, I have this open vision about a seed coming, being planted into the soil, the sun shining upon it, and then it breaking forth out of the ground and bursting into this giant tree of revival. I share this vision I have while I... It, it was like an open vision. It was a vision in my heart, not a motion picture. It was just something I saw in my heart. And I finish, and I look, and there's this gigantic seed floating out of the air. You know, you know uh, what are those things you blow? You know, what are they, dandelions? Okay, it was like a supernatural dandelion. It had a puff thing on it, like about this big, and it had a seed hanging down. Now, I never saw one in all the years that I've been in Hawaii until then. They actually exist. They're in Hawaii. And there's a tree outside the church that actually has them on it. But we're in an air-conditioned room. I, I release this word, and I say, says the Lord. And I walk, and I'm like, and this thing is floating. And I go, what's that? And yeah, there's 50 people, 30 to, I don't know, 50 people in there. And everybody looks, and we look at this seed, and it floats down, and I'm looking at it. And it floats out, and it floats out, and I go, and I pick it up, and I'm like, wow. And I show everybody, and everybody's like, 
And I, and I, I, I was just amazed, and I thought, has this, has this ever happened before? And everybody's dumbfounded. They're all looking at me like a cow at a new gate, like right now, like you guys. And I thought, it's a sign from God. And, and Michael's also. My myself was like, I said, it's a sign from God. I ran that thing all the way to the bank, man. Revival! We laid hands on people, had revival. I don't remember the rest of the service, but it, but it was a sign from the Lord. God can bring supernatural signs like that. I looked, I expected. I expected to happen. Why? Just I'm looking for anything to encourage me. Now, in your mind, you could say, well, there was one of those plants outside and it just got in through the air conditioning system. It's not really a big deal. I mean, just can you lighten up? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. That's true. I mean, it got in somehow. Exactly when I finished, thus saith the Lord, poof, seed, come on. But you can always, you can always discount stuff. Well, I don't believe that's a feather. There's feathers that show up. We don't, have, don't worship feathers. Don't worship gold dust. Worship, worship the Lord. I don't know how to exactly explain it. Manifestations and signs, it, it helps us to expand the kingdom of God. It builds our faith. It confirms what God said is true. The sign, I've done this before. See the exit sign? You cannot get through that door by going through the green exit sign. Be very hard. I mean, you can't go through the exit sign. The exit sign points to the door. The signs, the seeds, the manifestations all point to Jesus. Amen? All right, testing things, and, I, and I'm, I'm almost done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20, 21, test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Matthew 7, verse 10 through 20. I'll just read a few of the verses. Verse 16 says, You will know them by their fruit. Verse 17, Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bare fruit. Verse 20, Therefore by their fruits you will know them. Acts chapter 17, They, talking of the Bereans, Receive the word with all readiness. They searched the scriptures daily to find out what these things, if these things were so. You need to test the spirits and discern the spirit behind a manifestation. Look, there's people that fall out because they want to see somebody, they want to feel like they're more spiritual. There's people that buckle under the power of God, but it's really them buckling, giving the pastor or preacher a courtesy drop to make him feel better. I don't need a courtesy drop. I get my confidence in the prayer closet. I don't need to worry. I don't worry about whether you fall out, stand up, shake, holler, skip, dance, run. I, I don't. You know, just just let it be the Lord. And and then and then what happens is, there's been this whole thing like, well, I'm more spiritual because I'm having a manifestation. Are you mocking? I am if somebody's doing it in the flesh to make them think that other people are more spiritual. It's bunk. It grieves the Lord and it actually shuts down the real thing.
Well, hallelujah. Isn't this a great word? It's a pastoral word. Let me give this to you. This is from a fairly well-known preacher, Jonathan Edwards. This is worth writing down. Jonathan Edwards in 1741 wrote the distinguishing marks of a work of the Spirit of God. Here's how Jonathan Edwards defined the distinguishing marks of a work of the Spirit of God. Number one. If you're going to take notes, this would be a good time to do it. This is great. Number one, does it bring honor to the person of Jesus Christ? Number two. So number one, does it bring what? Honor. Does it bring honor to the person of Jesus Christ? Number two, does it produce a greater hatred for sin and a greater love for righteousness? Mm, Yeah. Come on. Does it produce a greater regard for Scripture, a greater hunger, regard for the Word of God? Does whatever you experienced and encountered with God give you a greater hunger for the Word? Does it lead people into truth? Does it lead people to God? Does it, does it encourage people to go towards God? Number five, does it produce a greater love for God and man? In other words, what helps us determine if a manifestation of the Spirit of God is the results from it. It's not whether you fall. It's what happened to you after you got up. Hello. It's not whether you fell out in the Spirit. It's after you got up was your life changed. I remember, I remember saying this one preacher, man, I really got impacted. He said, well, we'll see about six months from now. Go for it, son. I thought, I walked away thinking, what's that supposed to mean? And I knew exactly what it meant. That if God had really done this genuine thing, it would work out in my life. Now, that's not to say that genuine things don't happen and we go ahead and do stupid stuff. Can I get an amen from somebody? All right, how do we respond? I think we respond with joy. Just love the Lord. Don't try to figure out who's in the flesh and who's not in the flesh. Don't worry about that. Don't become a a fruit examiner. Well, if those were really the Spirit of God, then who would have been, you know. They're not really spiritual, so how could they be having an encounter with God like that? Ha! I was a total freak and I had an encounter with God. I wasn't spiritual at all. He came to shake me, to show me He really was true. God can come on the person who's not filled with faith, totally afraid, and clawed their way to the service, came. And we're like, do you exist? And then somebody can give them a word. Something can happen and God make himself real to them. And it wasn't because of any other reason that God is a merciful, long-suffering, loving God. And you can be walking with Jesus, reading the word and on fire for God and not have some great, you know, break out of vision every service or every time you go to your prayer closet. I think it will happen in time. What bugs me... What really chaps my pastoral hide is this. Is when somebody does some manifestation thing that gets somebody else all messed up and their manifestation was actually the flesh. In other words, they do something and put it up. Don't put your manifestation on somebody else. If you scream so loud it hurts all the people's ears all around you and interrupts the service, I'd venture to say it's probably not God. 
you yell like that? I was driving into Anchorage about a year ago. The Lord said, pull over and shout. I've given you the city. I thought, hallelujah. Pulled my car over, got out of my car in front of Mammoth Music and went, ah! Ah! I mean, I did like three times. Lifted my voice and screamed my head off people looking at me. And then when I was finished, I thought, well, that's not quite enough. God has given me the city. And I just felt like this, amen. And I was all, hallelujah. I kind of like got back in my car and drove away. But there wasn't Alex. I wasn't in his ear with his blood draining down the side of his face. As his eardrums burst from me screaming. You might be getting offended right now. Don't be offended, just change. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Like I said, what I want to... If you're, if you're hollering in the Holy Ghost, we'll probably all end up hollering with you. If it's something you're trying to contrive and drum up, don't do it. Amen. Just don't want the flesh. But we're going to have it anyway. And God's big enough to sort it out. But I just thought I'd try to trim off some stuff. Is that okay? All right. Let me just give you a couple more points, a couple lies about, about the outpouring of the Spirit of God. If, if the outpouring is genuine, it'll always bring lasting fruit and change. That's a lie. It's a lie. If it's a real touch of God, it'll always bring lasting fruit and change. I just, I, I don't think that's true. Because we can choose to not have lasting change. And it could be a genuine touch from God, and you can choose to not actually flow and walk in that. So that, that could be a lie. Well, if it was really God, it wouldn't be fornicating with that hussy down the street. No. He chose to be with the hussy. How many of you know what a hussy is? Okay, let's look at number two. Lie number two. If you're sensitive to the Spirit, you'll be touched in ways others are. The Lord, the multifaceted wisdom of God in Ephesians, it's a picture of a diamond. And what God does for one person doesn't necessarily mean He's going to do for you. He might do that. But just because you've not experienced the shaking or, or laughter doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. Let, look, look, press into God. Get hungry for God. And that might happen, but it might not. doesn't mean you're not sensitive. Line number three, the Spirit touches you and you won't have any control over your actions. <laughs> However, it can be true. That's not so funny. <laughs> You'll have no control over your actions when the Spirit of God comes on you. You can quench the Spirit. Okay, now I, I have had, I've had times with God where, I, you know, I don't know if I just yielded to the point where, I, I mean, I don't know how to say that, but I've had times where I think that uh, I was not really, I was gone. I mean, it was like a Holy Ghost blackout. It was just, I just get this sucking sound. And, you know, I came to a few hours later. I couldn't have snapped out of that if I tried, nor would I have wanted to. 
But the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If you're prophesying, you can stop. And no, I can't. No, yes, you can. You can. And there are times where it's appropriate for that. But where are we? Line number four. If we were more committed to Jesus, I would receive more manifestations. Receiving an out, a touch of the Spirit of God is not a sign of commitment or spiritual maturity. It really isn't. Although it can be. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Don't you hate you make this one statement you're like, oh, wait. No, it, it, it can be. I mean, you can draw closer to God. The closer you draw to God, I believe you're going to have more encounters with Him. But I've drawn close to God and heard crickets before, too. You know what I mean? It's kind of like drawing close to God and... doesn't necessarily mean the manifestation of the spirit of freely given by faith you can't earn them that's my point that's worth saying everybody say i can't earn it you can't earn it it's a gift of, it's a grace that, that comes if you don't fall down you're not spiritual <laughs> that's another lie all right last few points and we'll close for tonight some will imitate the manifestations of the Spirit of God in a desire to see more spiritual manifestations. In other words, they copy somebody to try to get the genuine. Don't do that. Some exalt outward manifestations. The truth is, I love seeing real manifestations of the Spirit of God. And sometimes we lay hands on somebody and see nothing in the natural take place but more is happening in that person and you see dawn down the line the, the fruit of a life that's been transformed because you laid hands on them or you prayed for them. We enjoy seeing genuine... Come on, wouldn't it be cool if some miraculous thing just appeared, you know? All of a sudden, everybody got gold teeth. Bing! Who knows? Maybe we're getting gold teeth right now. You better go home and check. But don't exalt manifestations. It can become idol worship. Don't do it. Don't ever seek an encounter with an angel. It's a big mistake. Don't ever seek to have a particular thing happen to you. I mean, you can pray for healing, but you talk to the healer who brings the healing. You seek first his kingdom. You talk to Jesus. Draw close to your heavenly Father. And, and you know, things will happen. But don't ever seek the... Th- don't seek the manifester, not the manifestation. Pride. You know, they got to avoid pride. Judgmental thinking. We have and have nots. Fanaticism. Don't get carried away with excess of unbiblical behavior and ideas. Don't be, be a Jesus freak for sure. But don't get stuck on manifestations. Oh, I'm going to go over there because there's manna appears in the middle of their Bible. And all of a sudden, has that happened? It has happened. I've seen pictures. I'm not mocking it. I'm just saying, serve God. Be on fire. Don't run after a piece of bread. Run after the bread of heaven. Right? And you might see that. They're all signs that make you wonder. What is a sign in a wonder? What's a wonder? It's a sign that makes you go, whoa. Some people neglect foundational issues of our faith because of giving undue attention to the manifestations themselves. Prayer life, serving others, building your family, paying your bills, honoring your mother and father. 
They'll shake and they'll run, but they won't do the foundational principles of being Christ-like. You know, I'm, 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 I'm so torn. Can I just be honest with you right now? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close, but I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little bothered because the la- I've got to tell you, the last thing we're going to do is shut down the move of the Spirit of God. But at the same time, if you're, if you're manifesting and you know that it's you trying to drum something up, stop it. If it's just something you've done for years, because that's what you've done for years, maybe God wants to touch you in a new way. And be open. And maybe you've never experienced anything like that, shaking or trembling or, or tongues or, or, or any of the manifestations of the Spirit of God then maybe he wants to give that to you, but you've turned it off because you're thinking maybe you're not worthy or spiritual. Press in. Be hungry for God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I, I way prefer the supernaturally natural thing. I've told you the story. I was in the, in the post office where this lady walked up to me, and uh, she doesn't go to church here, and I don't think she goes to church anywhere. She walks up years ago, and I'm in line. I'm talking with the post office guy, Michael, my brother. Line, the place is packed. How many of you know Wasilla Post Office was packed? And the, the person says, Pastor Bracken. Oh! I'm talking 50 people in line or something, but maybe 30. I'm thinking, ah, oh, Jesus' name. You know? And then part of me is like, oh, your pride, you're getting humbled. I thought, praise the Lord, bring it, Jesus. You know, humble me right now, hallelujah. And so she comes over, interrupts the line, interrupts my conversation, interrupts the transaction, holds onto my arm, and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm just thinking, one more whoa, I'm going to backhand you right now on the spot. I'm sure she might have heard it in the spirit because she stopped. Oh, I was done. And then she gives me this word, which actually was a real word from the Lord. It really was. I mean, I like, she starts telling me something that, that really was, I, I heard in my prayer closet, you know, a, a day earlier. But it just scared everybody. And I think it could have been done in the way that, that maybe brought more glory to the Lord instead of, then again, maybe I'm wrong. But my point is, <laughs> my point is, do the real thing. Let God move on you with power. Don't limit Him. But for the love of God, don't manifest something because that's what you did for 15 years and that's just what you do. And then you put it on somebody and blow their eardrum out or, or do some strange thing that people don't understand. If it's God, it's God. If it's not, stop. Amen? Do you get something? I think I'm done. Hold on a second. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right, praise God. Would you come? All right, let's all laugh right now. Are you ready? Go. <laughs> come on, stand up on your feet. <laughs> Lift your hands to Jesus. Come on. Let Him touch you. And, you know, if you are moved by the Spirit to take a lap, then go right ahead. I, I don't want to quench the Spirit of God. I absolutely want to cut off the flesh that might be happening. We want the real thing. Send your fire. 
Send your fire, Lord, send your fire, send your fire, Lord, send your fire, send your fire, send your fire, send your joy, joy. right around the corner. Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Did you get something tonight? All right. 
like, man, he's really getting touched by the Lord. No, I'm not. I need some oxygen, man. God is real. And when he comes, there's no telling what could happen. Be liberated. If you've never encountered the Lord in a a significant way like that through some manifestation, don't worry about it. Don't get angry like my wife did. Get hungry. When her anger turned to hunger, God came. Just be hungry and thirsty when the Lord shows up. We'll all know it. Amen. Lift your hands. Lord, fill and touch and bless your people. If you're not right with God tonight, give your heart to Him. Commit your life to Him. Repent of your sin. And ask Him to come into your heart. Ask Him to come into your life. You'll never regret it. You were made for Him. He'll set you free. Give you hope and courage and strength. He'll wash you. If that's you, just right where you are, just give your heart to Jesus. Press in. A few more moments. Service is over. Almost over. Come on, press in.
spoken through your prophet Chuck Pierce. You said, Lord, through him, and we testified to it being true. A hundred days of increase starting from today. Then, Lord, like an advent calendar, a door will open up and increase and, and provision and revelation will come. So, God, on this first day of the hundred days, we ask, God, for you to open up a door, for you to open up a way, for you, God, to release an increase of the power of God that we have never, ever seen. We don't want to put you in a box. We don't want to make you to be somebody that something that you've done even years before, former outpourings. Lord, you're going to do greater things. You're going to do greater releases of miracles and signs and wonders. And Lord, we want you to come as never before. So Lord, we set our hearts on a course like a pilgrim to seek your face, God, for you to do what you love to do, for you to say what you want to say, for you to wait a move that you want to move and that we would move with you, not in the flesh, moved by your spirit, participating, yielding, yielding to what you want to do in the body. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Jesus. Come on, just sing, Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. to worship even with my angelic host and to hear the sound of heaven. You have heard and seen many things. I'm releasing you in a new dimension of worship. I'm releasing you and I release you from the hurts and the wounds and the things that have happened in the past. It's a brand new day, says the Lord. It's a brand new hour, says the Lord. Rise up, my daughter, and lift your voice. Lift your hands and lift your heart and watch and see the very things I promised you would come about. Your worth is based upon my love. Your worth is based upon my blood and my son who I sent. Your identities in him. Be healed. Pastor Karen. Be healed. 
If you've been wounded, if you need to leave, I bless you. If you've been wounded by by uh, maybe leadership or you stepped out and, and the fire of God was on you and you got shut down and you're scared maybe that that, that, that would happen again. In other words, the genuine move of the Spirit of God was upon you, but you shut it down and you knuckled it under because you knew you were going to get backhanded by a pastor maybe or you were just going to get ostracized. Now, there will be those that mock. Don't worry about that. God will fix the scoffer and the mocker. And I will tell you that He removes scoffers and mockers before He raises the dead. He does that frequently. Don't worry about it. Just be genuine for God. If that's you, I want to pray for you right where you are. Father... I ask, Lord, for their healing touch to come upon those who've been wounded. Those who've been hurt. And as a result, they don't want to get hurt again, so they've quenched you. They've quenched the move of your spirit. Heal them now. And release to them that are led of the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Release the sons of God in this hour. Sons and daughters of the Most High. Free. Liberty. Who the Son sets free is free. Now reach your hands towards me. Father, I pray for myself. Lord, let me not get religious. Not one little bit. Lord God, I pray that you would give my wife and I discernment and freedom. And joy as we honor you and as we honor each other. Your precious people. Let us be sensitive to the new move of the Spirit of God, whatever that is. Lord, I just say that every service is yours. And you can come and interrupt this thing anytime you want to. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Lord, we want you to find a resting place here. We want you to do things, Lord, that we have never seen. Lord, that the harvest, all for the harvest, God. So make us sensitive. Make me sensitive as a pastor. Lord, and for King's Cathedral and Chapels, God, I pray a great sweeping wave of reformation would come. Your fire would be poured out on the body of Christ, on Wasilla Assembly of God. Lord, pour out your spirit on Pastor Ed, as I know you've already done. Lord, overwhelm him. Overtake him. Touch the church. Cause it to grow. Build that church, God. Build the body of Christ. Lord, for, for Wasilla Assembly, God, for Church on the Rock. Lord, for, for Northgate, for every single part of the body of Christ. Come, God, like a fire, we pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, amen. Take someone by the hand. Pastor Karen, you help me, please. Pray for the person on your right as my wife closes tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word and your presence and your power. And Lord, as your people go forth tonight, God, I pray for increase and awakening. Increase and awakening. Bless your people as they go. Give them encounters. Lord, even in the night. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We love you. Go with God. We'll hope to see you. Wednesday night, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, celebration of life for Ron Hall. You come and be a part of that Thursday night. 
starts our prayer, starts our 12 o'clock midnight, the 29th, starts our time of fasting. We'll have a worship and prayer service 6 to 8 on Thursday night, Friday night, 6 to 8 again. And then we go into the weekend. We love you. God bless you. Godspeed. Go with the Lord. Amen.